This episode of Pieces of Eighth is dedicated to the memory of Cy Hodges. Almost seems like a weird party. Celebrating an arbitrary date with a do that's done at midnight. That's far too early. You're listening to Pieces of Eighth, the Doctor Who podcast that's saying Happy New Year. We're back in 2023 to look at those sections of the Doctor Who universe that feature the incarnation of the Time Lord as played by Paul McGann. I'm Rebecca Chapman. And I'm Kenny Smith, and you join us as we resume our quest to feature the Eighth Doctor's exploits, whether on screen, in books, novellas, full cast audios, short stories, comics, animations, talking books, magazines, and more. I could have added more in there, but I'm too tired today because I'm feeling a bit rough. <laughs> Not with that's alcohol. Okay. No, just after Christmas as well. You're allowed to be feeling a bit rough, I Oh, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> Our fifth series concludes today in Doctor Who's 60th anniversary year. And after 70 episodes in 2022, I think we deserve a little break before our sixth season run gets underway. I agree. Kenny, Happy New Year. And to you, Happy New Year. And um, a bit of a big year for you, I suppose, ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you took a second yes. to realise what I meant there, didn't you? I, I did. And I, uh, considering at the time I had my hand on my stomach and was like, there's a child growing inside me. I really should have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but that was good. Well, I hope you had a fab Christmas and um, and that you enjoyed uh, catching up on our season when you had the chance to listen to our lovely short trips. Wasn't Steve Cole lovely? I was so nice. He was so, so nice. And we didn't blow up the world like we were concerned that we would. Exactly. Well, that was just a lovely little Christmas present for you. I fixed up with Steve and just thought that'd be a nice thing to do. And you genuinely had no idea that was going to happen. No, I didn't. (laughs) It's always nice to do that. So, Becca, today's episode was all your idea. And for those who don't know, could you explain what it's all about and what we asked our listeners? Of course. So, I was thinking back in like the middle of December now that perhaps we should do a New Year's special where we love having our listeners add clips, send clips, Mm -hmm. talking to us about what we're listening to, etc, etc. And I thought it would be nice if we just did one that was just all of our favourite Eighth Doctor things, whether that was uh, (laughs) on on screen in books, (laughs) on screen in books, novellas, forecast, audio, short stories, comics, animations, talking books, magazines, or anything else. That's (laughs) Very fair to say. That's very. I'm, yes. I'm so impressed that you know that list off the top of your head. Then again, we've said it enough, I haven't know. we, between us? <laughs> we have indeed said it enough. <laughs> yeah. I suppose I'll start by asking you, what's your favourite and why? I think I can guess. I'm going to guess it's Dark Eyes. It is. It is Dark Eyes. It will forever be Dark Eyes. <laughs> I, I love, 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 love everything about it. Since you like Dark Eyes so much... Why don't we listen to the trailer for it before we go on? Oh, I'd like that. Doctor Who, Dark Eyes. Dear Mammy, I have no idea if I'll ever finish this letter or find a way to post it to you, but I kept it in me petticoat. The first bit is a little smudged, but it is drying off. 
I will try to fill in the unreadable bits later. Anyway. There's this fellow who calls himself the doctor and he says he has saved me and we are in his time machine. We went to 1940 but I did not get any older and there was another war with the Germans and... Sure, this is all just plain crazy stuff. Writing it down just makes it sound worse. No, this is all mad. Just madness. Well, listen, Molly, this is going to be really difficult for me to explain, mainly because I don't really have a clue what's going on myself. You've not got all the answers then, the doctor. Not by a long chalk, but isn't it obvious that those things, the Daleks, are intent on doing us some serious harm? This just isn't decent. It's... I know, no time for all that. of the Time Lord's will be achieved. No problem, friend. One would think you had TARDISes materialising here every day. I don't have a clue who you really are. All I know is that you think you're saving me, but you don't know why. Is that about the size of it? Well... And that you call yourself The Doctor, which sounds like a 10th-rate stage name to me. Oh, no! They're in your bathroom! Back the other way! Hey, what's flying? Never you mind. Take a left here, Cabby. No entry. <laughs> Commit a traffic offence or get blown up. I'll leave the choice to you. Hang on! I'm going to call you Dark Eyes. Are you looking for a punch on the nose? So you've been here before. You wouldn't consider killing me, would you? Molly, this is 1940. 1940? What do you mean? I told you the TARDIS is a time machine. 1940? Sure, it's true. You did say something of the kind. This is it. Strikes us on, boy. This'll be one for the history books. It's all right. I get it. You're fighting a war against these Daleks. I don't want to be fighting a war. And it's getting you down. I understand that. But it doesn't mean you should give up. Doesn't it? Doctor, you will be exterminated! I know! No, we haven't discovered time travel. But we've discovered a time traveller. Who? Him. The Doctor. What do you mean? You can take this thing anywhere in history. Anywhere in the world. And beyond? Beyond the world? What? You mean, like the moon and the sun? I'm always a sucker for a Doctor Who story that goes back in time, into a time period that I know or I'm interested in. And, you know, the war, Molly, it's just, it is the perfect Doctor Who story as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think Nick Briggs did a brilliant job on it. I mean, it's considering that it had just come at the end of the extremely popular Lucy Miller run, and you think, how the hell are you going to top that? And then along came Dark Eyes, complete with a new look for the Doctor. And just, yes. yeah, and I think, in fact, Ruth Bradley is so endearing as Molly from the word go. The fact she's she's completely different from Lucy, but at the same time, there's that sort of cynical, sort of taking the mickey out of the Doctor element about her yes and she is 
she is so so good yeah I think uh, I mean it's, it still frustrates me to know that Ruth Bradley was once you know about a mile and a half down the road from where I'm sitting near where my daughter goes to school and uh, when she was <laughs> shooting series one of guilt with Mark Bonner and it's just so annoying to think she was so close and oh could have oh. come down and nabbed her for an interview but oh well it was not to be and if anybody hasn't no. seen guilt find it on BBC iPlayer or whatever it's brilliant Mark is just superb with Jamie Sivis in it. And of course, Jamie Sivis works with Paul McGann on Annika, uh, the crime series set in Scotland with Nicola Walker. Yes, it's all the Doctor Who, Eighth Doctor, Big Finish stuff coming together. <laughs> Everyone's worked with everyone else. So fab. Going back to what you were saying earlier about it being at the end of the Lucy Miller run, I don't know if I ever told you that I was really apprehensive about the fact that there was uh, Sheridan Smith. No. So I, I only knew Sheridan Smith from Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps. Mm -hmm. It was the only thing I had ever seen or heard of her ever being in. Yeah. And then you turn around to me and go, oh, look, she's the Doctor's companion. And I was like, well, that's that ruined. <laughs> Little did you and, know. Yeah, yeah. I, this is me confessing for the new year so that <laughs> I do not go into the new year with this baggage. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I... She was great, but yeah, yeah, yes. I was very surprised. She is so good, but I'm going to surprise you now because my favourite Eighth Doctor story does not feature Lucy Miller. <gasps> I bet I can guess what it is. What is it? Zagreus. It's not. Is it not? No. Oh, oh. I could have sworn it was. I love it, but <laughs> it's not. It is actually Storm Warning, the very, very first one. Mm. Because that I mean, I think I've, I've said it on another podcast where I was interviewed about it and, because people know I'm a bit of a fan of it. Some people do, not everyone. And because um, it was literally the story that changed my life because having heard that first season of McGann's, particularly Storm Warning, I just got so excited and it made me want to do fanzines again. So I did a 40-odd page fanzine all about, or maybe it was 24, I can't remember, um, the McGanzine all about the making of that season, spoke to the writers and such like, and um, got hold of some of the guest stars and things like that. I just wish I'd kept the audios because they would be great now, but sadly not. Um, some, some of the people I spoke to have passed away, but uh, sadly, I don't have them. So yeah, love Storm Warning, so did the fanzine and then did a second issue of it and obviously had a wee break and then Along came the first series of Lucy Audio, started doing the finished product again as the zine was retitled, given that it was covering more than just McGann stuff. And uh, yeah, then that sort of got me to sort of big finish. We're quite happy for me to do the stuff as it was providing an official record as to what was, well, an unofficial record as to what was going on and how things were made and such likes. And then, of course, I was asked to do the Big Finish Companion, Volume 2. And then, of course, just done so much more stuff. I've been lucky enough to be invited to Big Finish Day as a guest to sign the book and sign copies of Vortex, which, of course, I now do for Big Finish every month, um, having succeeded the late, great Paul Sprague. And then, of course, in February, I'm off to the Calipari Convention as a Big Finish guest, which is nuts. And um, I saw that and was just like, oh, it's my Kenny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was absolutely sworn to secrecy and I couldn't tell a soul until it was all officially confirmed and um yeah i'm so excited but there's a few um a few people there so i'm going to hopefully try and nab a few people for some interviews for us while out there so <laughs> no it's a busman's holiday i believe they call it so i'll try and nab yes. us a few guests and um pin them down i see there's a few big finish writers out there 
um, a comics writer, Jody Hauser. So yes, we shall see what happens. So yeah, Storm Warning, I just love it. I, just, I mean, it literally changed my life and I haven't even talked about how brilliant it is, the pacing of it, the fact you've got the first two episodes, breakneck speed, we get to meet this new doctor in a situation with a historical background. We meet the Vortazors, we meet the wonderful Charlie Pollard, fantastic characters like um, Lord Tamworth, Rathbone, Chief Steward Weeks, and poor old Frailing. And then it all ends with the R101 crashing in the hillside in Beauvais. And oh, it is an incredible piece of work by Alan. And um, yeah, Alan Barnes, huge thanks. And he knows how much I love it. And I do keep telling him every time I speak to him and apologize for telling him that, but it's that important to me and I love it to bits. I just have this image of you gushing over someone going, I'm really sorry, but I love yourself so much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear the trailer for Storm Warning. Doctor Who, Storm Warning. Memoirs of an Edwardian Adventuress by Charlotte E. Pollard. Chapter One. Candy floss clouds scattered as the mighty dirigible soared into the black night sky. Raise your glasses, gentlemen. I give you the R101. The R101. Ah, Frailing, over here, man, over here. Maybe they wouldn't be singing our praises, Lord Tamworth, if they knew that this ship hadn't completed its trial. Shh, shh, shh. Not having this, not again. Safe as houses. On paper, sir, on paper. Incredible. A time ship crashing. And again. And again. I watched as the full moon shimmered into view, casting silver rays about the cabin when... Oh no, Vortisors swarming to pick over the debris. Get away from there, you vultures! Leave that wreck in peace! I need you, Frailing. The Prime Minister needs you. Your king and your country need you to be stout, dependable and strong. It's just like I say, if I remember my Earth history correctly, the R-101 airship took to the skies for her maiden voyage to India early in October 1930. Yes, and? And crashed in flames in France during a storm in the early hours of the next morning, killing everyone aboard. What the devil? By something. Never mind that now, Failing. Look what that silly ass has done to me best mess trousers. Oh, look, I'm really very sorry. I couldn't. I mean, I've. Uh... Whoops. Now, who exactly are you, and just how do you come to be aboard my airship? Is that the greetings over with? <laughs> I'm the doctor, by the way. Oh, I'm Charlotte. Charlotte Pollard. Charlie to my friends. But it might be worth keeping an eye on that one as our little adventure progresses. They're breaking through. They're. God speed you on your way, airship R101, and God bless your passengers, the true masters of the air. Oh, love it. Such a good story. Such a good story. Yes, so there we go. That's our favourites. Yes, indeed. So you've heard what we like, and now it is over to you, the listeners. (laughs) First of all, here's Liam who didn't record an intro for himself. So here I am on a train racing towards the deepest, darkest depths of Dublin. And I've been asked by Kenny and Becker to leave a little message telling you about my favourite Eighth Doctor story. And you know, that changes on a daily basis. Paul McGann is such a mercurial and fantastic actor that even in the 60 minutes of screen time, we had enough material there to generate an entire multiverse of comics, audios, you know, short stories. You know the drill, Kenny and Becker say it better than I do. 
but uh, at this moment in time, at this exact moment in time, and bear in mind this fluctuates on a daily basis, um, I'm going to go with Jonathan Morris's The Tomorrow Windows. Now, if you've not read The Tomorrow Windows, I would highly advise going to get it. It's Jonathan Morris at peak at his best. Um, the first few chapters are unsurpassed. Um, this is a Doctor Who book that can take on the ethos and spirit of Douglas Adams, but also simultaneously contain uh, cameos from Will Young and what I can only describe as a version of Ken Livingston that has an explosive hidden agenda. I would advise you highly to check it out. It's one of my finest gems from the EDA range. Hello, my name is Rebecca, or Becca. There's lots of people know me by, but also a lot of people on Twitter will know me as Lil Romana and Rebecca TV. God, I've got a lot of names. My favourite McGann story is one that I've literally just re-listened to, so this is a bit of a coincidence, but um, it's Blood of the Daleks, which I'm pretty sure, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure it is was my first ever McGann audio that I listened to. Um, I love the introduction of Lucy. I just I, I just think that she's so, I mean, feisty, obviously, but just so relatable, the way that she reacts when she... Um, when she finds herself in a TARDIS, it just feels like something a real person would say when she's like complaining about her tights and stuff. And like, she's like, they're fresh on. Uh, she feels like a real 19 year old, which, oh my God, she's 19 and I'm 20 and that scared me a bit. <laughs> but oh, I love her so much. And Paul McGann's um, chemistry with Sheridan Smith is just incredible. Like, honestly, they're one of my favorite companion Doctor Duos, honestly, probably of all time. I think maybe because I relate to Lucy a bit, being a, a feisty northerner. Um, but Blood of the Daleks is honestly such a, it's quite a chilling story. Like when I was listening to it, I think it was honestly yesterday or the day before. Um, there's a bit where the the Daleks like first take the humans, and you just hear them being slaughtered, and it's just like, oh my god like how is this even allowed how how is big finish allowing this to enter my ears but um and lucy has a brilliant moment where she flashes the daleks i don't know she's just such immediately such a lovable character and like god I, i'd do anything for to see them on tv but big finish is enough for me anyway and you've got Haley atwell in this story it's just such a good concept the the idea of mutant Daleks versus normal Daleks and then wanting to sort of pure, pure them. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Pure, puritanize. I'm, I give up. Hello, my name's Callum and my first encounter with the Doctor came when I was just seven years old. I was watching the football with my dad when a strange figure with a Mancunian accent suddenly appeared on our TV running down a corridor and asking, do you want to come with me? From that moment I was hooked and I quickly devoured all the content on Classic Who I could find on the BBC website. And it was there that I first encountered Paul McGann's Ape Doctor. For me, the magnum opus of the EDA range, and perhaps all the Ape Doctor stories, has to be Lawrence Miles' Address of Henrietta Street. Apparently written so Miles would have more money to purchase Lego sets, he once again creates a book designed to surprise and excite the audience. The non-fiction style of writing Miles deploys is such a clever way to anchor the Doctor Who mythology within a real historical context and symbolise its cultural significance to people, even though the show was now gone. 
much like how the Doctor's own marriage to Scarlet in the novel recontextualises his position as Earth's champion. Miles' writing, though sometimes complicated, is filled to the brim with genius ideas alongside his usual wit, and just like how he did with Alien Bodies, he creates a number of interesting plot threads for other writers to engage with, for better or for worse, and I'm looking at you there, Sabbath. The devastating effect of War in Heaven and Gallifrey's destruction bleed into the narrative of this novel, and it leads to some really interesting deliberations on the nature of the Doctor and his place in the world and the universe now that his planet has gone. And it also includes some notable plot points we would like to see in New Who, such as the Doctor's wedding. While it may not be his most critically loved novel, The Adventuress of Henrietta Street delivers intelligent plot arcs, interesting characters, and a reframing of the Doctor Who mythos, which shows why Lawrence Miles was so highly regarded as a writer. And this novel should be a must-read for all fans. G'day! It's Philip from the Sirens of Audio podcast, and also YouTube. On the Sirens of Audio, we explore the worlds of Doctor Who and other shows in the audio mediums. We do interviews with doctors, companions, actors and creatives, as well as reviews and recommendations. Well, trying to pick a favourite McGann story. Well, it's a bit like trying to pick your favourite child. I mean, of course you can do it, but it can change from day to day. Depends how they behave. So, for today... Let me select one that has a huge emotional impact on me when I first heard it. My favourite McCann story, well at the moment, is the big Finnish audio story Neverland by Alan Barnes. This story fell at the end of the second season of McGann and wrapped up the time dilemma of the web of time being stretched to breaking point. This paradox was created by the Doctor saving Charlie Pollard back in the very first audio written by Alan Barnes, Storm Warning. In true history, Charlie died on the airship, the R101, but the Doctor saves her, and we would now say this fixed point in time was disturbed. For two seasons, we've watched the growing relationship between the Doctor and Charlie. We've had fun and adventures. We've become more aware that something is wrong with time, that time is leaking. We've watched the growing emotional relationship between Doc and the Doctor and Companion, which was occurring long before New Who had appeared on television. Charlie is in every way the first modern companion. In Neverland, the Time Lords catch up with the Doctor, and Charlie is needed, but not to be treated in the way the Doctor expects. With the Time Lords, we get the second return of Romana on audio. Lala Ward returns in the style of the President. She's strong, wise, courageous, and takes no nonsense. But like so many in the story, others seek to manipulate her. After this, of course, Lala would get her own series, Gallifrey, to take the character into even further development. This story is epic in scale, as well as being almost two and a half hours long in dealing with huge concepts and wrapping up many threads. It takes in more than one universe. The danger keeps coming from places you weren't expecting. And of course, the main reason this is my favourite is because of the relationship between the Doctor and Charlie. Paul McGann and India Fisher are amazing together. And they're amazing apart. They light up every scene and the dialogue sparkles as they speak it. When Charlie declares her love for the Doctor, you believe it. And her willingness to die for him is so real and so raw you recognise the danger that is occurring. And the cliffhanger? 
Well, that will be resolved for over a year. Neverland is the near-perfect McGann story. It wraps up an era and sets you on the path to the next. Not to be missed. In fact, I think I might go and listen to it right now. Hello, everybody. My name is Paul Surly, the only person with the initials P.S. I'd like to talk about my favorite story that I've heard so far of the Eighth Doctor, and that would be classic Doctor's New Monsters Volume 3, The Stuff of Nightmares, specifically the one called If I Should Die Before I Wake by uh, John Dorney. I think this is a 99th story. Anyways, this story is pitched around the Eighth Doctor, played by Paul McGann, and Charlotte Pollard, played by Indian Fisher, going against dream crabs. And it's a very progressive mystery you know you, you get it gets into it you know it doesn't hit you know as what it's you know supposed to be right the moment you start it kind of goes right into it like a little story you know it goes back and forth between the two of them it's just the two of them talking back and forth each other but they make it so interesting and so vivid because they have these great stories in between the fact that their characters are, you know, having to deal with the crabs slowly attacking their minds in the story. I like that their relationship is, over the years, you know, it's given them this range of just being able to just interact with each other and give meaningful you know, meaning to who they are as individuals in that part of the story so far, and that, you know, where they would be in the seasons, in the main range. And that's about all I have about my uh, favorite Doctor Who story. Hello, this is Sarah for Pieces of Eight Audio. When it comes to talking about my favorite Eighth Doctor story, it's a bit difficult because... I love the movie, I love vampire science, and there's many audios and comics that I love. But I would have to go, for this episode at least, the TV movie, because it's just, it's good. I mean, it's not perfect. It's got its flaws. I love the music. I love the set designs. Paul McGann as the Eighth Doctor is great. And she and Daphne Ashbrook work well with each other, and it's so cool that we have a dynamic so no spoilers out to me, like, we have a dynamic between Eric Roberts and you just know it's kind of like a doctor-companion relationship, only it's with the master instead. And that just makes it, you know, different from other stories. It's just... And it's basically what I think really got me obsessed with Doctor Who. I watched it a little beforehand and liked it. I think the movie was really what pushed me into the fandom, really. And honestly, I have to say that it took uh, a few years, almost 10 years after watching the movie for me to actually appreciate it more and for me to actually delve deeper into the Doctor Who fandom, but I'm so glad I did. Hello, Kenny and Rebecca. I'm Paul Schoons. I'm speaking to you from another time and space, otherwise known as New Zealand. I've written a book and many articles about the history of Doctor Who and comics, and I'm especially fond of the eighth Doctor stories from Doctor Who magazine. There are so many wonderful comics from this era, but I think my favourite of all has to be The Flood. 
Written by Scott Gray and illustrated by Martin Garrity, The Flood appeared in Doctor Magazine issues 346 to 353 from July 2004 to February 2005. This epic story brought to a close the Paul McGann Doctor's adventures in the comics. Destry, who had been a recurring character throughout many of the Eighth Doctor comic strips, had only recently become a companion. It's a shame that circumstances meant that her time in the TARDIS was cut short. In the Flood, present-day Earth is invaded by Cybermen from the far future. At the time, the comic strip really did Earth invasion story, so that really stood out as something quite unusual and exciting. The Cybermen are quite unlike anything we've seen before. They're exceptionally tall, sleek and angular, with a design freed from the limitations of a man in a suit. There's a brilliantly structured escalation of tension and threat across the eight episodes, building from a minor incident in a Camden market to a catastrophic threat to everyone on Earth. There's a particularly tense moment when the Doctor bargains with the Cyber Controller, offering his regeneration if it means that humanity will be spared. Knowing that this was the Eighth Doctor's last comic strip appearance, at the time we were wondering if the Eighth Doctor would survive these events, and indeed there were plans to regenerate him in this story. I've fond memories of the Flood, as it was on a trip to the UK in the summer of 2004 that I got to visit the Doctor Who magazine office, and I was there I was given an advanced preview of the just-completed first episode. As I was handed the pages, I was instructed to read them in order. Don't be tempted to flick to the end, I was told. If you're familiar with the story, you'll know why. Hello there, my name is James England uh, from West Sussex in Littlehampton. I like Paul's adventure of Restoration of the Daleks, which is the 8th Doctor Time War box set number 4, which the Time Dalek strategist restores the Dalek armies and trouble begins for the Doctor, but not just the Doctor. For Davros as their final confrontation together, the conclusion of the Time War for the Eighth Doctor's story. But it isn't just that, but it's just a brilliant audio story, I would say, because you can hear immersive sounds in the background. It's, oh, I just didn't say it. it's just fantastic, it's just amazing. I mean, I think. This is why it's Paul McGann's best Eighth Doctor story because he's just amazing and he plays the Doctor so well. I won't spoil the ending, but it is just perfect. And it just concludes the Eighth Doctor's Time War story in a, in a nutshell, really. But yeah. Um, fantastic. Sound effects amazing, but the music too that was quite good. Um, but I think the the Doctor's companion Bliss, um, she also does a really good performance too in the story. And let's just say it's good to see the Dalek Emperor being brought back again. I love the Dalek Emperor. Hi, I'm Martin Montague, freelance producer, writer, director. Choosing my favourite Eighth Doctor story is quite difficult because there's so many of them. The Chimes of Midnight is always a favourite. 
probably my go-to story. But from a personal point of view, I feel really close to the Paul McGann and Sheridan Smith seasons that were made. I was executive producer at BBC Seven when Jason Haig Ellery came to us with the suggestion of making a season of Doctor Who that was for us, but that Big Finish would be releasing commercially. So it's nice to be involved with that. We had a great run of stories. I thought the first season and the fourth season in particular were especially strong. And I think I'm going to go for the final season. The arc running through that final season was terrific. Throughout this season, all of the writers were on absolutely top form. Alan Barnes, Eddie Robson, Barnaby Edwards, Jonathan Morris, Mark Platt and Nick Briggs. The stories I am going to pick are the final two from the run, Lucy Miller and To the Death, because, well, the actors are all really delivering the drama and the emotion of all of the scenes, and the writing is there to support all of that, or they're there to support the writing, whichever way you want to look at it. And the thing with those two stories, why... Um, Another reason why I picked them is the Daleks. Often in Doctor Who we get told how nasty, malevolent, vicious, ruthless they are. But very rarely see that in action. We kind of hear it second hand. Whereas this story just, it puts it there in front of you. And there is no doubt these are the most evil creatures in the universe. And whenever they turn up, the consequences are devastating. And that's what happens here. At the time, of course, there was no war doctor in the Doctor Who mythos. And so the stories did seem like a logical progression towards Paul McGann's Eighth Doctor entering the Time War and then going on to become Christopher Eccleston's Ninth Doctor. Everything that happens in these two stories is pushing him towards... A very dark place, which, of course, is picked up on in Dark Eyes. But I'm getting ahead of myself slightly, so yes. Lucy Miller to the Death by Nick Briggs, with a fabulous cast. Paul McGann, Sheridan Smith, obviously. Nicky Wardley, Caroline Ford, John Banks. Graham Garden, I think, in his best performance as a meddling monk. Particularly in that final story. It's such a broken character. Jake McGann, and also Nick Briggs and Barnaby Edwards, who you may have heard of. Bleak, I would call it. Blockbusteringly bleak. And a final mention to Andy Hardwick, who pulls out all the stops with his sound design and cinematic music. Really is a great um, two-part story. Hey everyone, I'm Simone from Germany and my favorite Eighth Doctor story comes from the Big Finish Audio Adventures. It is from the time when the Doctor and Charlie are still stuck in the Divergent universe and trying to find the TARDIS. In this story, the Doctor managed to defeat the Mind Blast of a certain croaker and after that he flees with Charlie and Karis to the world the Divergence resides on. And now I'm sure you avid listeners have already guessed the story. Yes, the story is Cadroya. Hello, I'm Andrew Storr from York. I've been a Doctor Who fan for as long as I can remember. I'm particularly a big fan of the Eighth Doctor and looking through all the material that he's released, both audios, books, comics, etc. Um, it's a very difficult one to pin down one particular favourite. 
so I've been weighing up for the last few days but I keep coming back to Absent Friends by John Dorney which was released in 2016 um, coincidentally or incidentally um, just not long before my dad died so um, so listening to it each time I've listened to it it's it's had that sort of poignance that um, as in the story would love that chance to have that one extra phone call one extra chance to talk to my dad um, and recently uh, mum's passed away as well so um, so would miss, love the chance to have one last chat with her it's beautifully acted by uh, by the three regulars Paul and Nicola and Hattie and beautifully written by John and um, and I think I'm going to dig it out and listen to it once more once I've finished recording this. Hello, I'm Elliot Thorpe and I've written for Doctor Who and Robin of Sherwood amongst lots of other things. Please follow me on Twitter at memory underscore hive. Well, when I was invited to talk about my favourite Eighth Doctor story, it seemed such an easy subject to tackle. But when I really started thinking about it, my preferences became almost endless. My list more indecisive than trying to choose a pair of perfectly fitting shoes. He's a great Doctor, isn't he? Made all the more marvellous because Paul McGann plays him. No, he's a great Doctor because Paul McGann plays him. So I struggled to even start somewhere, feeling that the TV movie was all too easy a choice. I must confess that I found it very tricky to keep up with the big finish output generally and sadly that includes a lot of Paul's work of the last five years or so. I dip in as and when I can or when a release catches my eye, which can be quite hard when it's a given that Paul's audios really are second to none. I'm not really a reader of comics so I'm certainly not informed enough to look into that media. It then made sense to consider the run of 8th Doctor BBC novels, of which I'm rather smugly proud to say own the complete run bar one. They are, in my opinion, amongst the best of any who fiction more or less consistent in their greatness. They're also of the Eighth Doctor output that I'm most familiar with, mainly because apart from the TV movie, it's what started my adoration for this incarnation. I'm hesitant to say worship, but it's not far off. With only one bona fide episode to his name at the time, it became all the more obsessional for me to not miss a novel that expanded his era. But to decide my favourite out of the 73 that were published? Well, that's when the struggles came back. They are natural successors to the weighty and plot-heavy new adventures of the Seventh Doctor, setting up their own continuity, introducing the faction paradox, introducing the concept of time wars, Gallifrey being destroyed, and so on. They're a whirlwind of ideas and concepts. Hi, I'm James Hadron Bennett, and I'm an Eighth Doctor fan. For me, trying to pick a favourite Eighth Doctor story is a real struggle because more than with any other Doctor, you've got three different media that's trying to be the definitive version of the character. Picking one story to me is almost like saying, yes, this is the version of the character that I, I think is the real one. The other two are kind of imposters. Realistically, though, it's more like the situation in Kedroya where you've got the Doctor split into three and you've got different aspects of the character coming out in each one. So as much as I love Paul McGann in the audios and as much as I love the detail that the EDAs went into and the worlds and the arcs that they built up, I'm going to go with Endgame as my favourite one. And that's, again, also not to say that the comics went downhill from that point on. I think Endgame just really, as a first story, perfectly captures not just the Doctor and his absolute joy of living and his enthusiasm and his love of life, I think it also really hit the ground running in terms of its companion, 
the fantastic Izzy. I think she really is one of the strongest things that the 8th Doctor comic strips came up with. And I think it also has got the kind of new and old fan pleasing vibe to it because yes it's a fresh new story you've got a villain that most people will vaguely remember possibly and then for the real enthusiast you've got the return of max i think this was what the eight doctors was kind of aiming for but endgame absolutely nails it endgame hits the ground running and really for me endgame is just joyous fun Hello there. This is writer, musician, and professional vagabond Reese Poniff coming at you from somewhere in the United States of America. Pick just one Eighth Doctor story, you say? <laughs> Impossible. And it would be madness for me to try. In terms of the audios, my three favorites are Scherzo, Natural History of Fear, and Care Droya. They make such good use of the actors and their dynamic, and of course the medium. And especially Scherzo and Natural History of Fear are edgy in those wilderness years way that we don't really get from Big Finish anymore, unfortunately. But over to the EDAs. Vampire Science is my favorite of that series I have read. Disclaimer, I haven't read anywhere close to all of them. Uh, But it sets the bar very high for the series. And in my mind, that's really the beginning of the EDAs. If you are not a completionist and you're looking to start reading them, I do recommend you start there. It's an exciting tale. It's got a great supporting cast of compelling characters. And The Eighth Doctor is handled by Kate Orman, the author, with such love and devotion. Hello, I'm the Croker, guardian of the Interzone, but you probably know me better as Will Brooks. I make Doctor Who artwork for the likes of Cubicle 7 and Big Finish. Kenny has set me the impossible task of choosing my favourite Paul McGann adventure and telling you all why I love it. And I've spent weeks trying to narrow it down. I've been through the comics, I've been through a load of the audios. I've changed my mind a hundred times. But I think, if I'm really, really honest, and I will be because it's Christmas and you're supposed to tell the truth at Christmas, it's got to be The Chimes of Midnight because it is perfect. I listened to it all again last week, actually on Christmas Day itself this year, tucked up in bed with the flu. I don't do it every single Christmas, although I know some people do. I hear it maybe every other year. I think if I did it every single year, it would risk losing that magic a little bit. Because the thing is, it is magical. It's Paul McGann and India Fisher at the absolute height of their power. One of those perfect lightning-in-a-bottle Doctor and Companion pairings. The guest cast is tiny, but you're never ever bored of them. Rob Shearman takes those few characters and shines a light on them from every conceivable angle, making them in turns funny and thoughtful and cruel and terribly, terribly sad, which in a way seems a lot like Christmas in itself. And then there's the crux of the whole story, the reason that these events are even happening in the first place. It hits me like a sucker punch every time I reach episode four and breaks my heart every single time. Edith Thompson will never, ever be a nobody. I think it's a beautiful, lyrical story, and I suspect it might even be the single best Doctor Who story that Big Finish have ever produced. So yes, Chimes of Midnight, that's my favourite Paul McGann adventure. And now it's going back on the shelf until maybe the Christmas after next. Happy New Year! Thanks to everyone who took the time to record their thoughts and send them in for this. 
Remember, if you've enjoyed today's Pieces of Eight, or indeed like any episode we've done, you know, like the 25 we did over December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please do leave a review for us on iTunes or your wherever you find your podcasts, as it means more people can find our episodes, and it's always appreciated. We certainly are. Um, in fact, we had quite a few reviews going up, actually. I've got some in here. Um, one was headed informative from Hooping Cough Music, um, who said, I listen to this because I'm interested in hearing from Doctor Who writers about their work, and there are some excellent interviews that are genuinely informative. Charming, likeable hosts as well. Oh, I wonder who they are. Oh, look at us. Mm. Uh, there's another one here that said, and that was a five-star review. And there's another one here saying an absolute delight. For any fans of Paul McGann, the Eighth Doctor, or Doctor Who itself, this is the podcast to listen to for wonderful in-depth exploration into the deepest depths of Doctor Who production. A lot of laughs, some fascinating insights, and wonderful guests. Eight stars out of eight. And that's from Justin J.B. Bush in the United oh. States. Oh, thank you, Justin Jebby Bush. Um, yes, another one. There's another one here for, oh, from Tina Peters. <sighs> oh, we love you, Tina Peters. <laughs> we do. I really love the Eighth Doctor, and in my hunt to find out more about him, I stumbled upon this podcast. Every week is super interesting, and I enjoy finding out more about the things that I originally wasn't that into. Absolutely tremendous work. Keep it up. Isn't that lovely? She is uh, so lovely. I've found two more as well. We've got one from Roy Tromley, an anagram of Terry Malloy, who played the Emperor Dalek, but I don't think it'll be Terry Malloy because we haven't had him on yet, but it'd be nice to. And um, says, a complete guide to Doctor Eight. Ranging over all the different media covered by this most mercurial of time travellers, Kenny and Becca are fun and friendly guides, always informed and affectionate about the stories they survey, essential listening. Oh, that's nice. And our that's last, so lovely. It is. And our last, and again, five stars. And our final five-star review here uh, from Whovian42 underscore 2022 says, a fantastic podcast, great chemistry between the two hosts, and I can't wait for each new episode. Well, isn't that lovely? That is very lovely. We've done, we've, people are so lovely. They are. Thank you very much, everybody. We genuinely appreciate it. And um, if you haven't left us a review, please do, because... As we say, I think we've now got nine reviews in Apple, and I think you need ten to start featuring more regularly and getting pushed up the podcast ratings and stuff. So work with all their algorithms and stuff. I don't quite know how it works. I know roughly how it works, but I think you need ten to be sort of to trigger things to start happening. So you know you want to. <laughs> so yes, we'll be back in the spring for another run of episodes with a few more BBC books, and I'm sure there'll be plenty more than that with some audios, some short trips, and hopefully some comics to tell you about. And basically, whoever I can get my hands on, Gallifrey. <laughs> so, until I then... I am so excited for that, by the way. I'm so pleased. Um, <laughs> it's just a shame you can't be there, but I suppose you're... I know you'd still be in the second trimester, but probably best not to. I was going to say, I already feel like I've grown a whale on one side of my body. So, <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> we'll leave it this time. So, exactly. until next time, I've been Kenny Smith and wishing you all the very best in 2023, the 60th anniversary year. And I was Rebecca Chapman, and I am so excited for new Doctor Who this year. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye.